This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The shift for me really came uh, when I was beginning to raise a family and I was thinking, what food legacy do I want to give my kids, right? I was surviving off of frozen burritos, so I had to kind of clean it up. Home cooking is coming back. The COVID-19 pandemic caused a surge in home cooking, which has been on the decline for decades. More than half of consumers are eating and cooking at home more frequently than before the pandemic. 71% of home cooks say they'll continue to cook into the future. This trend is critical. Americans' high-processed, takeout-heavy diets have been causing diet-related diseases like obesity and diabetes. More than half of Americans are sick because of their diets. Cooking at home is one of the single best ways to control what we eat and improve our health. While they turn away from unhealthy, processed foods and return to their kitchens, Americans are still looking for shortcuts. Meal kit delivery services are on the rise, online websites that offer recipes are popular, and so are sites that take the guesswork out of meal planning, which offer recipes, grocery lists, and checklists for getting dinner on the table every night of the week. In one survey, 93% of respondents said they wanted to eat healthier. In another survey, 49% of people said they want to eat mindfully rather than dieting. Today's guest is one of these Americans, a busy mom who wanted to leave a better food legacy for her family. So she started a meal planning company, The Fresh 20. In this episode, we talk about her tips for being practical in the kitchen, how she raises healthy children, and how she feels inside her healthier body. Our food is linked to obesity, climate change, workers' rights, and so much more. Every bite of food we chew has a story. I'm Amber Stott, food activist and founder of the nonprofit Food Literacy Center. I've worked with legislators, school districts, farmers, and chefs to rewrite the story of our food and improve my community. I want to inspire more people to become food activists. So I've invited my mentors and the activists who inspire me to share their stories and their tips on how to improve our food choices, our communities, and our planet. It's time we understand the story behind the food we eat and the impact our food choices have on our health, the environment, and our economy. It's time to start raising kale. Melissa Lance is a former marketing executive who quit her day job to focus on healthy food. She's an author of the book The Fresh 20 and runs a meal planning service with the same name. She's been featured in the New York Times, In Style, among others, and as a contributing editor for Shape magazine. She's also a wonderful cook, a mother, and a good human. 
Melissa, welcome to Raising Kale. So good to see you. You as well. Yeah. Did you um, grow up eating a lot of home cooked food? And no, my mom. My mom knew how to make five things. She was not. That's why I became the cook, because uh-huh. my mom was an awful cook. She cooked like five things, and one of them was spam melt. So um, I had to learn how to cook and I, but I learned how to cook from my dad's side of the family. Um, they're all West Indies. So they're very into cooking and they're always cooking with fresh food. My aunt today, she's 80 and she's still cooking every single day. She cooks oh. a meal and she goes and she gets her produce as she goes like every two days, everything like is just is fresh and she does it. And that's how she's cooking. So I did get parts of that. But in my own home, like I was kind of raised on a microwave. And so, <laughs> um, so you, you had your dad's side of the family that was doing more home cooking. Where did your turn come as like your exposure to local? I think, you know, I was born and raised in Minnesota until um, I was 12. So I got a lot of farm visits just in school in general and 4-H club and camps and all of that. Like coming from such an agricultural state, I got a lot of that. But I think as an adult and as a as a buyer, as a consumer, it wasn't until coming out to California. And that's where all of my friends met up on Sunday at the Sunday Farmers Market after going out and, you know, drinking or partying or, you know, on Saturday night. And then we're like, oh, I'll meet you at the farmer's market for a coffee and we'll go like, you know, get some. So that's literally how it started. It was very social. Like we were all meeting up at the farmer's market. And then as we all sent her off and had kids, then it was like something to do with your kids on Sunday. It was really social until it became like such a habit. So, um, but it started out, it started out very social, meeting friends there, you know, picking out stuff together. So that's how it started for me. And then it just became as, as I started to get closer to my food and start talking to people and like seeing the same vendors every week, it became something was like, wow, like this is like, this is a really like good way to get closer to the food. And my own food journey has changed so much over the last 20 years and especially, you know, with the fresh 20. And so some point, Amber, I want to be so close to the food that it's literally like growing everywhere else. I would love at some point in my life to be completely um, self-sufficient and self-sustaining. Oh, wow. Um, that- little, like not a huge farm, but like on a, on a, you know, few acres of land and be, be really like everything that I'm cooking is coming from that place. That's the goal. Wow. That is the dream, right? Like uh, it kind of it sounds is. Like- and then I can have my friends over for like a, you know, a farm fresh meal. It's, it's like, that is the dream. I would love uh, that. Uh, that is a, a wonderful dream. It sounds like you kind of have a little, little slice of that right now on your, on your vacation. Little, little, little. Yeah. There's <laughs> lots of stuff going on here. It's really nice. Yeah. So um, I want to talk about all the things that you're doing with the Fresh 20. And in particular, it's it's really fascinating to me that I do see a lot of folks who sort of have this career shift and make a move toward food. And I think there's really something special about the food space. I think it's nourishing. It's a space of abundance. I think those are things that you really um, embody in your personality, um, but also in your in your business. But so talk to me a little bit about why you made this change and, you know, kind of what food means to you. 
Okay, so I mean, I've been in it 11 years. It's so crazy to think about how long that I've been um, doing the Fresh 20 and trying to teach other families, like, right, how to eat unprocessed food and, you know, eat locally and use what you have and not waste and all of those things. And I think that the shift for me really came uh, when I was beginning to raise a family and I was thinking, what food legacy do I want to give my give my kids, right? What do I want? Because, you know, I'd gone through this phase working in corporate, eating not good things. And, you know, I think I was surviving when my, my kids were toddlers, I was surviving off of frozen burritos. And I thought to myself, at some point, they're going to look at me and be like, oh, like, fresh vegetables over here. But what's mom eating? Like, what's she got? So I had to kind of clean it up, right? And there was just so much conversation about all the shoulds in food, right? And you know, like you get the, you, it's like, you should do this, you should do this. But nobody was like really saying how, like how to do this, which is one of the, one of the reasons, like when I track everything that you're doing, it's just, you, you get into the how and the why and the, and the joy of it. And I think that that kind of gets lost sometimes, right? And so I think that people are shifting into into food because now there's finally the how. There's more conversations about how to compost, how to grow your own food supply, how you know, you know how to actually um, you know shop, who to look for. That you can actually ask the grocer, like where did this come from? People didn't really even understand that before. We weren't even having that conversation about what do you mean where it come? Who cares where it came from? It's like sitting here in front of the grocery, like I'm just gonna take it. <laughs> so I think I think the how um, is really becoming a part. So it's not just the like you should and 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 why, right? Everyone's kind of getting into like, oh, this makes sense. Like, and it's so amazing when you start doing these things for yourself, when you actually know where your food supply is coming from and you have a relationship with the grower, right? Either by going to your farmer's market and like getting to know their family, getting to know like, you know, when did you harvest this? Like all of those things, it's it's really, it's fascinating. We grew four different kinds of tomatoes this year. We grew Maui onions for the first time and we totally, we did it wrong, but they were still delicious, right? And so, I don't know. So I think that how is getting people really excited. How did you, how did you uh, <laughs> understand that that was something that you, like a gift that you could share? Like, what was it about that? Because um, I think, you know, we've known each other almost this whole time. And yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of people took the path of starting a food blog where they just post whatever recipes and and they're free. But you took the path of this meal plan and that's a very unique path. And you were one of the very early uh, folks to create these meal plans. Now they're a little more popular, but yeah. like how did you have that idea and and want to do it that way because i actually think in many ways what you're doing is a bit harder <laughs> yeah well it's harder in the sense that you like once you start taking money from someone you have to be consistent and publish like when you say you are every single week and <laughs> you've got to you know so i think that um it just seemed you know i'm coming off of something where i was in a very lucrative corporate job 
So uh, when I shifted over and, and wanted to make food and family my priority, I had to do it in a way that was like going to be revenue generating. And But I think that the sweet spot was taking what I already knew how to do and what my friends and my family and my community always came to me for, right? I was the planner. I was the person. Like I did all of when somebody was having a, you know, a birthday party, they called me like, I'm having 16 people. Like how much food am I supposed to get? What am I like, help me. And so I had been doing that my whole life. So it really, I think when people switch over into making something a business, I think sometimes they go with things that they think are going to make money instead of going with the things where they're really good at that thing and they could just tweak it a little bit to be a service, um, you know, a product or a service that could that could be helpful to other people. So that's how it came out for me. I was always the chef and I was always the planner for for everybody and i and i do it not only for food but travel too like all my friends i plan all of their vacations (laughs) so i just took something that could save people time every 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 week and and values that that i think are really important right it's not fanatical eating it's not um it's it's planning it's, it's wasting less and i and i listened to the conversations that were happening for a lot of the different families around me at the time when my kids were, you know, three and four, I was listening, you know, to the, what, what was, where were their pain points? Like, what was the hardest thing? And I think any good company that you're going to start starts from that, right? So if, even if you look at the food blogs that are like really, really popular, they're serving some sort of pain point. And some of them, it's just even a sense of belonging, right? A sense of of having a place, you know. I mean, I know um, with a gluten free girl when she first started, it was having a place of belonging, right? Some place where people could go and connect with other people that were having that same issue or that same pain point. So I think it's really important to look at, you know, if for any type of food endeavor, to look at what do you do best, right? And and what can you create that's really helpful, useful, resourceful to other people? Because I think that's where the where the the gold is when you're thinking about generating revenue with a food business. Yeah, and so so talk about that a little bit, like um, the the families that are using this plan. I mean, it it, it feels like this is very personal to you. And when you are on your site and you're looking at how people, there's a lot of comments on there about how much people it's changed their lives. They love it. I mean, it is, I I think there are days, like, let's be honest, there are days in my business where I'm like, I don't do this anymore. (laughs) And then oddly enough, like I get an email from somebody that is telling me, I just found, like, I just found you and you have made such a difference in our household. Like we're sitting down at the table, there's less stress, like it's organized. Like I post the meal plan up on the refrigerator, which is like, honestly, for for kids, you know, kids love stability. They love to know what's coming. And when you post that, it not only tells them either, even if you just write down what you're eating every single day and post it for your family, it gives kids such a sense of security to know that there's like 
actually family meals happening. And it seems like, well, of course they know family meals are happening, but it's just that little trigger in their head that tells them, mom and dad, Mike, our family, like we're gonna, on, on Friday, we're having whatever, spaghetti and meatballs, whatever it is, right? And they can look ahead and that's just one less thing that they have to subconsciously stress about in their life. And well, so- There's a lot of data supporting that, um, even in the research that we do with our kids, um, mm -hmm. supporting family meals and cooking at home and what it does for mental health, physical health. So yeah, you're, you're, you have keyed in on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's the, that's the important part to me. So the days when I feel like, you know, things are breaking, technology is going crazy. Some, you know, we have alerts or whatever's happening, right? All of those things. And 11 years in, you know, I kind of, you know, you get a little bored. I'm like 11 years of meal plans. So I, that's what keeps me going is knowing that people are still discovering that these, these tools that they can use to have a better kitchen story about family food culture. And I think for me, that's what it's about. It's about a family food culture. And, you know, I was telling you before, like my, my kids, they're now 15 and 16 and, um, six, three and <laughs> two, 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 six, three boys. <laughs> and I can tell you that the work that I put in early on just to be a dinner table, have, have healthy food in my house, like not, you know, that work is now in the fabric of their own personal food culture. So, you know, and I watch it unfold because now they, you know, a lot of times they make their own food choices. And yeah, sometimes they want to dive into the, you know, the junk food chips or the Doritos or whatever it is. But for the most part, like the fabric of their, of their food decisions, it's already, it's been, it's been woven. And that as a mom, I feel like, oh, that's like one thing I don't have to worry about them in life. Like they're not going to be, you know, drive through fanatics and things like that because they actually understand the connection between what you eat and how you feel. And that. that's something I'm really, really proud of as a parent. And I know that a lot of the families that are on Fresh 20, they're teaching their kids that too. How many vegetables do you think are in Melissa's weekly meal plan? Two Four? Twenty? Find out when we come back from this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. So what you're eating and how you're feeling, how are you building that into your plan? I know you have um, dietitians. Like it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a formula by now. We've been doing it a really long time, but it's, it's really just, okay, what's, what's in season and taking three proteins of some sort, no matter if they're plant-based or, you know, carnivore, whatever it is, we have a lot of different plans. So three proteins and about 12 to 14 fruits and vegetables, usually about two fruits, 12 vegetables that go into that. And then um, some other miscellaneous things. It's interesting because we're on vacation at our lake house right now and the meals are different up here, right? Because it's like we're feeding 16 people and, you know, we're doing stuff. But it's interesting, the same thing apply, like taking a limited amount of ingredients and how, how, what can we do with those? And how can we mix and match them? And how can we, and so we're making really, really healthy meals and then some really amazing like, fresh homemade desserts like yesterday i made a cherry cobbler because there's a cherry tree here and we just harvested it there's a raspberry patch and we harvested that so we'll be making like raspberry muffins and everything and so the treats are still coming from an idea that it's fresh right um i typically do not buy store-bought treats like everybody's got to have like the one rule for themselves right like some people it's no no sugar during the week right and some people mine is it's like i'm a homemade treat person i'm not buying it at a store for it's just not happening maybe at like a boutique bakery or something like that right but i make it i make it from scratch and that makes me feel like i still have control over what i'm eating and i'm not getting processed so yeah i think you just find a formula that works for your family there's so many resources some some formulas are just like I have a friend, her only formula is on Sunday night. She just does her Instacart grocery things to have it delivered at 5 p.m. when she gets home on Monday. And then at least she knows she has groceries, right? Yeah. That's like that's her only rule for the week. And it's just it's that little helpful thing that she does consistently every single week. But guess what? It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, she doesn't do takeout because she knows that she has groceries coming and she's thought a little bit ahead. So it doesn't have to be like the full planning, but it does take just a little bit of forethought. It's like, what can I do this week to make my food intake for me, my family, however it is, a little bit easier and a little bit healthier. Part of that is um, you're helping people build habits and, and that is precisely what makes healthy eating stick is, you know, you're making it easy by creating a plan. You're giving them their grocery list. You're giving them their recipes. I mean, you're taking out the the mental work of it for a lot of folks and yeah. you're helping them build a habit because, you know, talk, talk about that sense of it. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to food. And I don't, I don't know, um, if you know my whole story, it's a little bit in my cookbook, but I, you know, 
I was a full binge eater when I was in, in uh, a teenager and I've been every like size wise, I've been everything between a four and a 14. So I've like food and my relationship with food has changed, you know, dr dramatically uh, as a, as an adult and as a, as a mother, but it all got down to habits. Like what are the things that I can do consistently, consistently to, you know, to help um, not only like, raise my kids, but build good habits for me as well. So some of those habits just come down to um, making like little rules for myself. Um, I'm, a, I'm typically like a no seconds person. So that's just a habit. And I don't even think about it anymore because I just did it. I just started to do it. I just made that rule like, oh, I'm not going to take seconds. Like it's just, you know, I, I, I think that's just the one way that I can control my own portions. So if you can do a habit long enough that it just becomes a way of life, um, is it, it works really, really um, well. The one habit that we find hard to break in our family is um, weekend takeout. So if you have any <laughs> suggestions on how to, because I think at the end of the week, like everyone's kind of tired and, you know, yes. And it, it, the funny thing is we have leftovers or something, but I, you know, I, I, it's just so funny. We've gotten into the habit with our teens of it's takeout on the weekends. And so that's, I want to break that habit because not only is, you know, it gets expensive, but we typically aren't eating as healthy on the weekends as we are Monday through Friday. So I'm always searching for little ways to optimize and to do things. But that used to be our habit was like take out once a week. And that was the habit that we got into. And then the pandemic happened and we were like in the house, you know, in the house more. So then it kind of bumped up. My habits all come down to how to avoid overindulging. So one of the habits that we had as a family when we were, um, when our kids were growing up is we had um, one Sunday month was Donut Sunday. And that's how we eliminated any questions from our kids. Can we get donuts today? Can we get donuts today? Can we get it? Because we literally wrote on the calendar, Donut Sunday. And that was a habit we did for like eight years. That's and so just little things like that. And then we had like one Saturday night a month was ice cream. Like we went out for ice cream Sundays. And so just having those habits, it's, it's like the little rules. It really has a big impact. And you don't have to keep answering the same questions to your family because you've inserted, integrated the habit into your life. So I think yeah. anything like that, like what's your, your big habit? My big habit? <laughs> I'm not, uh, I have not been asked a question before. I kind of like that. <laughs> um, I would say mine started actually in the recession, uh, the first recession. I was on unemployment, so on, on a very tight budget. And so, you know, as someone who cooks and really likes food, to be very limited in what I knew I could cook with, having your income suddenly go away, that's when I became a locavore. And I didn't know if I could do that on a budget, right? Um, because that was kind of when local food, everybody started talking about it so much. And I was so excited about how high of quality of food I could eat on such a low budget just by shopping with our farmers and such. And so I, yeah. I have it then of, um, 
any, I would go to the farmer's market in advance of the grocery store. And so if, for example, I like, I like having bananas in the house, but I was like, well, what fruits are at the farmer's market that are local instead of buying bananas? And so I actually now, and I love bananas still, but they're like, um, like a treat now but only because i want to support if i'm gonna spend money on food i want to support our farmers so anyway i would say um that's one of my habits um but what you're bringing up about these habits that i really like is that you're specifically leaning into something that i think has been really important with our kids as well at, at food literacy center is that you aren't taking things away right? You're, you're saying there will be donuts. We're going to limit our donuts. There will be ice cream. We're going to limit our ice cream. We're, we're not taking those things away. And I think a lot of people fear quote unquote healthy eating because they think you're going to take all the things they, you know, like I don't take bananas away from myself. <laughs> right. Like and I think that's, you, you yeah. make, you write, you make those choices, but your habit is farmer's market first right? That's a great habit. Farmer's market first, before you go and you get the fruit and you're not quite sure, you know, if, how far it traveled or whatever. Farmer's market first is a great, great habit. And also just like eating um, in season vegetables and, and so many things that like come out of that. And I think that's a, that's a great habit. So like what, one other one of my habits is I destem all my herbs at the beginning of the week, because if I don't, then they just go bad. I don't do it. Like I just don't do it. It's like, so I do it all at the beginning of the week so that they're ready. And that's just, it's just a habit. It's just something super simple, right? That you could, that you could pick up. And I think that's really, really important. And the other thing is like little things, like I don't put the serving dishes on the table, right? That's just a habit that I have. Like I keep it in the kitchen. So they, they have to consciously get up from the table to go have seconds. And if I put it Mm. on the table then everybody's just like like you're talking and you're then you're unconsciously eating right so it's just like those little tweaks that become really good habits to have and there's so many around food that you can that you can have but i love that one for um, farmers market first that's an important one for um everybody that has access to a farmers market because you know you got to support the farmers you have to support local you know if you don't support local you won't have local mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Got us through. Um, so so what are families on your plan eating this week? Um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to look because <laughs> um let me think. I think there was um well which plan? Because you know, we have six plans. So I can tell you Do you use your meal plan sometimes? Yeah, no, we use it. We use it all the time. It's just that we don't use it up at the lake house because we're, right, right. you know, on vacation. But this week, I can tell you, <laughs> we are, um, all right, they are having slow cooker Mediterranean chicken, Ooh. roasted gazpacho with grilled shrimp, oh. sausage, pepper, and, and broccoli um, rob medley, chicken salad sandwiches, and lemon herb couscous. We always oh have one vegetarian and this is the classic plan. So on the classic and the paleo and the gluten-free, we always have one vegetarian meal and um, one um, seafood meal every week because we uh -huh. try to make sure that, you know, it's not even, I think even we're a carnivore family, but we, not every day. Like we just, you can't, you gotta, like meat every day is not a good idea. And, and, and the, interestingly enough, we're eating less and less and less meat with our 
our meals, right? Um, so it's, yeah, it's important. The variety is important. So um, yeah, so that's what's happening on the first 20 and this, this week. And then the vegan plan, I'll tell you what's on the vegan plan. <laughs> Eggplant garbanzo saute, roasted gazpacho, white bean and broccoli rabe with quinoa, grilled eggplant toast with spinach apple salad, and then the lemon herb couscous. At the lake, uh, we're, we use the grill a lot. At the lake, we have like a smoker. So we're doing a bunch of smoked dishes, some smoked fish dishes. Um, and uh, we make these big um, like tortilla casseroles, like green green chili casseroles and stuff, All, like the lake house stuff, you know, stuff you would eat around the campfire and stuff like that. We like to be traditional. <laughs> are, you, are you actually fishing for your fish or you brought the fish? No, no, no. We'll fish this week. And they're, they're little. So they like, we use them as appetizers, but we'll get like, you know, 20 of the little, you know, little trout or something. And then we'll clean them and, and, uh, and uh, put them on in the smoker. They were so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you shouldn't eat anything you're not willing to kill with your own two hands. They don't want to get political, but I told my kids that all growing up. And there was a time when they would look at something and they would think about it and they were like, no, I don't want to eat that because I don't, I don't want it. And, they, and when they were really little, they're like, well, mom, like, how would we, like, we have to wrestle a cow down to the ground? Like, how would we do that, you know? And it, but, but it was just the sense of like, I want you to think about where your food is coming from, right? I want you to like really, really think about it. And I think that our society, we're, we're raised just walking to, into a supermarket and it's all there with like actually no conscious thought about where it goes, right? So we, you know, we work with um, small purveyors and, and that we actually know the people raising the livestock and, you know, we'll do a couple of buys from them um, every, every quarter. And like, we know who is growing chickens and we know, like, we just, we know the people, right? So it's, it's less, um, the whole commercialized thing. And I, 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 I would say for food, like know where your food comes from and, and ask and ask your person, if you are, you know, if you're not plant-based, then I think it's really important to ask those questions and maybe even start asking for more local livestock growers and say, you know, can you get anything local for me? The more people ask, the more it will start to come into that maybe we can get rid of this massive manufacturing that's that's happening and start doing things a little bit more broken down and locally on farms. Kale raisers uh, at home. This is this is Melissa's advice. You absolutely can change what your grocer has on offer by asking and requesting. You you will find that they do want to be responsive. So if you say, "Hey, you know, I'd love to see more local uh, chicken or whatever," you will find that they respond. And then if it sells well they'll continue to enhance those products. So, so do, do ask. Yeah. Uh, ask and have all your friends ask too, right? It's like mass, mass, uh, go to that one store, just have everybody like, you know, go in during the week and ask for a, 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 a certain grower and research. Like we have the internet. There's so many, there's, there's amazing livestock farms out there that are really, really small. Some are doing some heritage, like, like really, really um, taking such good care of the animals. And, and I think, like they're they're around everywhere. So uh, an internet search, you can even go visit. 
like go visit, get a little closer to your food, I guess is what I would say. Just a little closer. One other thing I wanted to touch on, uh, um, I know we're limited on time, but I, I did want to touch on, you brought up uh, sort of body image. And I know you've got a couple of challenges on the Fresh 20, like the no sugar challenge. And um, I'm wondering if as you see your customers live into these meal plans and, and really embrace home cooking, if if you also see them wanting to improve other aspects of their health or if yeah. this is personal for you no that's been the progression of i think that the business is first we were just solving that problem of what's for dinner and as like about five six years into the into the company then we really realized oh like people want more wellness resources right how can i have a 360 wellness and and all all leading back to food in some way but we started to really realize that like food is just like the entry point into self-care and so we kind of like went with that and um you know started these wellness programs because it is very personal to me. Body image is something I still struggle with today. I, you know, like I, I, I think the other day I just posted something on Instagram or something where I was like, this is the hardest part of my year is bathing, trying on bathing suit. It's literally like, I can do all the things. I can be the <laughs> super mom and the boss and the CEO and the thing, right? Give uh -huh. me a challenge. I'm with it. But that is that like, honestly, emotionally, it just takes you through so many different things, right? But yep. here's my trick. The more I eat well, the better I mentally feel about my body. My body could look the same mm -hmm. on any given day, but when I'm eating well, it's fueling like really it's fueling my mind to 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 work in a better like cohesive way with my body but i think that that's what it what it is it's just eating well start it's the it's the jumping point for all sorts of self-care mental spiritual emotional physical like but eating well is the beginning of that and when you can eat well your brain works really really better absolutely i think uh, the fact that you keep hitting on this you know how it's about how you feel mm -hmm. and i just think it, that is such an important message and and i hope that folks really embrace that and i just uh i'm, I'm so grateful for your time i want to be mindful of uh letting you enjoy your vacation um and and good for you for for making that time and taking a break and um yeah so so thanks for taking time to chat with me it's and catch so good to see you i love everything that you're up to always like you're just such an inspiration I just think that what you've committed to in your life, what you've been able to achieve so far with food literacy, it's absolutely amazing. I want you to keep doing what you're doing any way that I can support, I will. And I just, I'm, I'm just so in awe of everything that you've built and continue to strive for to help other people. So I just wanted to just say that because you, you're just inspirational. Well, that means a lot. Thank you. That really, that, that made my day. Thank you. I <laughs> have hard days too so they, thank you right exactly right you need somebody else to tell you like oh no like you're doing an amazing job we need to be supporting each other and holding each other up because it is some days it's the technology it's the it's the you know you're getting pushback on some things we have to remind each other this is the good work man this is the good work there's nothing more important than what we what we fuel ourselves with and teaching other people how to do that 
and especially teaching the kids. And thanks for your support over the years and your friendship and keep being a Kayla Razor out there and um, I hope we get to connect again soon. Absolutely. Melissa is such a grounded, inspiring woman. She really embodies a life well-lived that is also realistic. I'm glad you joined me for this heartfelt conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Please help me spread the word about these inspiring kale raisers by sharing this episode and rating the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. September is Food Literacy Month. Help us celebrate with our Veggie of the Year contest, where kids vote for their favorite vegetable. Join the joy at foodliteracycenter.org. Next week, you'll get your daily dose of joy with Tess Masters, the blender girl. She puts the fun in healthy food with her simple approach to cooking with a blender. You'll meet a new food hero in every episode. Next time on Raising Kale. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.